The scripture reading is John chapter 13, verses 1 through 17. John 13, 1 through 17, that's also the text. In Edgerton, for Lent, I just preached two sermons on different events that happened in the Passion Week. And this is one of those sermons. John 13, this event is, t- takes place on Thursday of the Passion Week, the night before Jesus died. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God, he riseth from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter. And Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus saith to him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him. Therefore said he, Ye are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. So far do we read God's word. Again, those verses will be referred to throughout the sermon. Jesus' foot washing occurred on Thursday of the last week of his life. This was also the Passover week. The Passover was a feast that the Jews celebrated every year by going to Jerusalem 
and commemorating what Jesus had, or commemorating what God had done in delivering them from Egypt. So each family would sacrifice a perfect spotless lamb. Then they would have a Passover meal of roasted lamb, bitter herbs, and unleavened bread. The lamb pointed them back to God's deliverance of them from Egypt, but also it was supposed to point them forward to Christ's sacrifice. Many Jews from around the world came to keep this Passover feast. And at the beginning of that week of Passover, with all these people around, Jesus entered the city of Jerusalem on a donkey. Triumphant entry. And Jesus then proceeded, after that triumphal entry, the next few days to teach, teach the people more. People were somewhat disappointed by that. And as the week went by, they became more and more disappointed. He wasn't, he said, Jesus is not making himself an earthly king like he, like we thought he was going to do. During this week, especially as it wore on, the Pharisees, the leaders of the Jews were trying to find a way to catch Jesus because they wanted to kill him. That's what was happening. And then John 13, that's dealing with what happens on Thursday of the Passion Week. And according to verse 1, Jesus knew on this Thursday that his hour was come. That means that it was time for him to die. And he knew it. And it was on this night that Jesus and his disciples ate the Passover meal and Jesus washed his disciples' feet. That's the event of our text. And that event is significant, especially for two reasons. First, this foot washing that Jesus did is significant because it showed the disciples and us the truth about his saving work. Second, this act provided an example to those disciples and to us of how we are to treat one another here in the church. So may we learn more about Jesus' saving work from this passage tonight and in thankfulness go forward serving one another. Let's consider the text under the theme, Jesus' foot washing. Jesus' foot washing. First, the act. Second, the example. And third, the joy. Jesus' foot washing. First, the act. What happened? On Thursday of the Passion Week, Jesus sent Peter and John to go make ready the Passover. That's according to Luke 22, verse 8. Luke 22 deals with what happened right before the event that's described in our text, John 13. Luke 22 verse 8 shows that these two disciples, Peter and John, were sent by Jesus to go locate a room large enough for the disciples and Jesus to have the Passover feast. They were to buy a lamb, a perfect spotless lamb, bring that lamb to the temple kill it, take back a portion of the meat, and roast it for the meal. 
Also, they had to purchase wine for the four Passover cups, buy unleavened bread, and also the sauce of bitter herbs. Those were their tasks, and Peter and John accomplished those tasks. The room that they located was a room large enough for the disciples. It was an upper room in Jerusalem, and it even had tables and it had couches for them to recline on while they ate. That's how they ate in those days. In the evening, Jesus and the other disciples made their way from Bethany, just two miles away, to Jerusalem, walking across the dusty roads. And when they arrived at that upper room in Jerusalem, there was an argument about which of them was the greatest. That's Luke 22, verse 24. We don't know what the exact occasion was for this argument. That is, we don't know what led, what exactly led to it. It could be that some were jealous of Peter and John because those two had been chosen to make the preparations for the Passover. It could be that some were upset about the seating arrangement in that room for the supper. Maybe thought they didn't have as prominent a place as they should have. Or it could be that Nobody wanted to do the foot washing. And that's what started the argument about greatness. In those days, kids, and in that climate, the Jews would walk from town to town with sandals on. And when they would go with sandals on, they would have to walk over dusty roads, and that dust would get on their feet, so their feet got dirty and grimy. Usually the houses in Jerusalem or the the place where people would meet, they would have water there in a bowl and they would have a towel so that they could have their feet washed once they got to their destination. And usually a servant, and sometimes the host of the supper, most of the time a servant, would wash the feet of those who arrived. Now maybe none of the disciples wanted to do this job of foot washing. And so that led to an argument about which of them was the greatest. We don't know exactly what the occasion was for the argument, but Luke 22 indicates that Jesus did correct them. He said in verse 26 of Luke 22, He that is greatest among you, let him be as the younger And he that is chief, as he that doth serve. So after listening to this argument about who is the greatest, Jesus said that the the greatest in his kingdom are those who serve others. And it was likely at this point that Jesus did a remarkable act. In John 13, verse 2, we read, Supper being ended... And that could be translated, supper being served. Supper being served, Jesus got up in front of these disciples according to verse 4. He took his outer garments off, tied the towel around his waist, filled the basin or bowl with water, and proceeded to go to the feet 
of one of the disciples. And he started to wash those feet with water and with that towel. And when he was done with that set of feet, he went to the next set and went to the next disciple and the next. And you could hear a pin drop in the room. There's silence. Silence probably because these disciples were embarrassed that the Lord was doing this work of washing their feet when they had refused to wash the feet of one another. That foot washing that Jesus performed here in John 13, it was symbolic of Jesus' saving work. Symbolic of his cleansing work. Consider the exchange between Peter and Jesus in the text. There was silence in the room until Jesus came to Peter. And when Jesus got to Peter, Peter had to say something. Peter said to him, according to verse 6, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? He did not think that the Lord should be doing something like this, the work of a lowly servant. So Jesus responded by telling Peter that something is taking place here that he does not understand at this time. That's verse 7. Now that didn't stop Peter, and in his ignorance he was bold to speak. He said, thou shalt never wash my feet. He was emphatic, thou shalt never do it. This was really a mixture of ignorance, pride, and love for Jesus. He did not want this, the great Lord to be washing his feet like a servant would. Now Jesus pointed out to Peter that by refusing this washing of feet, Peter would miss everything. Verse 8 of John 13, Jesus says, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. And that is, thou hast no share with me. If I wash thee not, thou hast no fellowship with me, is the idea. In his great love, though ignorant, even in his, in his ignorance, Peter took it back. He didn't know what the implication of his refusal to have Jesus wash feet. He didn't know that meant that he was refusing Jesus altogether. So he he took it back and he says in verse 9, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. So he's saying, now wash everything, Jesus. Then wash everything. And so Jesus responds in verse 10, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And ye are clean, but not all. What Jesus says to Peter in this exchange shows that his washing of the feet of these disciples was symbolic of his cleansing work. It was symbolic or a picture of his cleansing work, his work of giving spiritual salvation. How do we know that? Well, verse 8 shows us. Verse 8, Peter saith to him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. 
One who is not washed spiritually has no fellowship with Jesus. One needs to be washed from the guilt of sin. And one needs to be cleansed within, sanctified, if he is going to fellowship with the holy Jesus. So verse 8, what Jesus says there, indicates he is talking about a spiritual washing. And then look at verse 8 in connection with verse 7 now. Jesus said to Peter in verse 7, What I do, so what I do here, thou knowest not, but thou shalt know hereafter. Jesus is saying that Peter will not understand what he is doing right now, but he'll understand it in the future. He'll understand it, the idea is at Pentecost, when the Spirit is poured out. Thus, Jesus is not referring simply to a physical washing of the feet here. They could understand that well enough before Pentecost. Jesus is referring to a spiritual washing. This washing of the disciples' feet, what does it picture? Well, it it signifies Jesus' suffering on the cross where he was about to do the work of cleansing his people from their sins. That's what it points to, his, his cleansing work at the cross. Think about it, the disciples and we, we are dirty sinners. Kids, you know what dirt is? Well, that dirt, that's a picture of, of our sin. We are dirty sinners. We are each legally guilty of sin of ourselves. Our legal record before God of self, it's it's dirty. We're guilty of self. We sin in Adam and we sin every day. And because we are are guilty, we sin in Adam... A totally polluted sinful nature was passed on from our first parents, Adam and Eve, all the way down to us. So that by nature, we are full of sin in every part. Dirty in every part. By nature, all we want to do is sin and it's all we can do. At the cross, Jesus would do a cleansing work. As that physical water washed the feet, of the disciples in this upper room. Jesus, at the cross, would pay for all of our sins, cleansing our legal record, so the the dirty guilt is gone. And based on that work of taking away our guilt, Jesus would earn the right to cleanse us out within. He would earn the right there at the cross by paying for our sins. He'd earn the right to regenerate us and sanctify us. It's cleaning us within. Now without that cleansing work at the cross, we have no part with Jesus. That's verse 8. If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Without that cleansing work of Christ at the cross, we'd be guilty sinners and we would have no right to fellowship with the holy Jesus. And we would also, without that work at the cross, we'd have no right to be cleansed within. So we would be as those who are dead in sin. 
Those who are living like the devil in unrepentant sin. And we would not enjoy fellowship with Jesus, the Holy One. This washing of the disciples' feet is symbolic of Jesus' cleansing work at the cross. Also symbolic of Jesus' work of regeneration. That's a blessing that Jesus earned for us at the cross and that he applies to us, his people. Titus 3 verse 5 even calls regeneration a washing. It speaks of the washing of regeneration. What is that? What is regeneration? Well, it is the work of the Spirit, work of Christ's Spirit, in which he implants the spiritual life of Christ within us. He implants life in us so that we are able to believe and serve God. Without that regeneration, we would continue to live in dirty sin, really living like the devil, going on and on in unrepentance. That's what we'd be like. But by regenerating us, the Spirit, He makes us able to believe and put away dirty sin and serve the Lord. And that work of regeneration had been applied to the disciples. They were regenerated. We also have been regenerated. This washing of the disciples' feet, it points to Jesus' cleansing work at the cross. It refers to his work of regenerating us. And it refers also to sanctification. It points to sanctification. That's another blessing earned by Jesus at the cross that is applied to us during our life. Now, sanctification is a big word, but what it means is simply that the Holy Spirit makes us holy. It's the Spirit's work to make us holy. It's the Spirit's work in us to bring us to serve God more and more. That idea of sanctification is found in verses 9 and 10. 9 and 10 especially. We read there, Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus saith to him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And ye are clean, but not all. That word washed in verse 10, it's different when Jesus says, he that is washed needeth not save or accept to wash his feet. That word washed in that phrase is different than the word for washed in the rest of the text. That word washed there means bathed. If someone is bathed, he now only needs his feet washed is what Jesus is saying in verse 10. He's making a picture with those words. Think of someone who has bathed himself to get ready to go to a banquet. And on the way to that banquet, his feet get dirty. He's got to walk over the dusty roads. Well, when he gets to that banquet, he doesn't have to take a whole other bath to cleanse his whole body. He just has to have his feet washed. He's clean. He just needs his feet washed. 
Well, Jesus was telling Peter in verse 10 that he has been washed every whit. So he has been washed holy. He is, he is righteous in Christ based on the work that Christ was going to do soon at the cross. And he was also clean within, in a sense, since he had the Holy Spirit in him and had been regenerated. He was clean, and we are clean too. We're righteous in Jesus Christ, righteous legally based on his cross work. And we've been regenerated, so we, in a sense, we're clean, as verse 10 says. Jesus speaks, though, in this text of the bathed one still having a need for foot washing. And the picture is of us and Peter still needing to be sanctified every day as those who live in this wicked world and as those who have a sinful nature. We need that daily cleansing, that daily strengthening to serve the Lord from the heart. Now, to boil all all that down, what Jesus' foot-washing pictures is his humbling himself in love to cleanse us. Boiling all of it down as it symbolizes, it pictures Jesus lowering himself to cleanse us from sin. Jesus certainly stooped low to wash the feet of these disciples. We are talking here tonight about the one who was involved in the creation of the world. And he came to this earth, Son of God came to this earth in our flesh, and he washed the dirty, grimy feet of these disciples, creatures of the dust. The one who was involved in the creation of all things did that. What earthly king would wash the feet of his servants? And here in this text, we read of the king of kings and lord of lords stooping down and washing the feet, the dirty, grimy feet of these disciples. We read of the righteous and holy lord stooping down to wash the feet of these sinful men. That act, that pointed to what Jesus was really doing his whole life up to this point. And that is lowering himself to cleanse his people from sin. That's what he'd been doing his whole life. The Son of God went from perfect heaven and lowered himself to live on this sin-cursed earth and took on our dirty sins. That's lowering oneself. He was mocked, he was beaten, he was spit upon, and experienced all of that under the wrath of God as one who had our sins on himself. That's lowering oneself. And that's what he did. He made himself low to save us. Think of his whole life. He's, this is one who came from the perfection of heaven. He's giving and he's giving and he gave and he gave his whole life long all the way to the time it came for him to die, and then he gave himself to death. That's lowering oneself 
This is the Son of God come in the flesh. The Son of God come in the flesh and he died for us to cleanse us. John 13 verse 1. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the, fa- unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. He loved them unto the end. By washing his disciples' feet, a picture of his cleansing work at the cross, Jesus was saying in that act, I'm going to the cross. I'm going to do the work of cleansing for my people. He loved us to the end. And now we can understand why Peter's rejection of the physical foot washing was wrong. Jesus lowering himself to wash the feet of his disciples was a picture of him lowering himself to death, to cleanse us. Well, if Peter rejected Jesus' physical foot washing... He would also reject Jesus lowering himself to cleanse us from sin at the cross. If he rejected Jesus' physical foot washing, saying Jesus is too great for that, then he would also reject Jesus lowering himself to die at the cross. And he would say, Jesus the Lord is too great for that. And he would have no part of fellowship with Jesus in that way. Peter needed and we need we need Peter needed and we needed Jesus to be this humble, loving savior and and that's exactly what he was. And know that Jesus cleansing work was only for his people. He indicates in the text that Judas was not cleansed. In verses 10 and 11, Jesus says to the disciples, says, ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him, and therefore said he, ye are not all clean. So Jesus did not die for Judas. And based on that death, Jesus did not regenerate him. Or sanctify him. Jesus only loved his own according to verse 1. He cleansed only his people. And we and the disciples, except Judas, are his people. We are believers in Jesus for all of our salvation. And we believe only as those who have been chosen by God and given the Holy Spirit. And now think about this. Think about it very personally. Jesus then lowered himself, even unto death, to cleanse you and me who are such unworthy sinners. Jesus lowered himself to wash the feet of these disciples who were such lowly sinners. Jesus knew that Peter was about to deny him three times that very night. 
And he knew that those disciples that very night would forsake him, running away, acting as if they didn't know him. He knew that, yet he washed their feet that night, and he was about to go to the cross, lowering himself to death to cleanse them. Now think of, our, of yourself, and I need to think of myself. We are proud. We often fall into selfishness. And Jesus lowered himself, the Son of God come in the flesh, lowered himself to death for us, to cleanse us, unworthy sinners. Praise God for that gracious work. After Peter was silenced and Jesus finished washing the disciples' feet, he taught that his foot washing here was an example of how we are to treat one another. In verses 12 through 14, Jesus, or verses 12 through 15, Jesus speaks of this act as something that was to be an example to these disciples and us. The end of verse 12, Jesus says, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. So if I, Jesus, your Lord and Master, if I wash your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. And that word ought there means obligation. You have an obligation to wash one another's feet. In verse 15, Jesus continues, For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. And that word example there means copy. So the idea, kids, Jesus is saying here, copy me. I washed your feet. Copy me. Well, we must follow Jesus' example and wash one another's feet. That's our calling. Now, who's, in, who's involved here? May it be very clear who's involved. The, the calling comes to all of us who are washed by Jesus. Jesus is speaking to the disciples, those washed by him. And he says to them, wash the feet of one another. That calling comes to us who are washed today in Jesus' blood. He says, wash the feet of one another. So we all here have a calling to live this life of service. It's not just the grandparents, not just the parents, it's you kids too and young people. Wash feet. And the calling is to wash the feet of one another. When Jesus said, wash one another's feet to the disciples, he meant, wash the feet of fellow disciples. Wash the feet of fellow believers. And so to us, today, we have the calling to wash the feet of one another, fellow believers. Now Jesus is not telling the disciples and us here in this text that we are literally to wash the feet of one another day after day like some kind of mechanical repeating of this physical act of washing feet. It's not the idea. But Jesus is calling us to follow his example 
by humbly serving one another in love. That's the idea. Lower yourself to serve one another in love. Jesus did. He he humbly served us in love by dying for us. Well, we are to lower ourselves then to serve one another in any way that we can. And we are to serve one another in love as Jesus lowered himself to serve us in love. Not begrudgingly, but in love. We're really to do the opposite of what the disciples did. The disciples did not wash feet in that upper room. We know that they had concerns about being the greatest. So maybe it was the case that they thought to themselves, I'm, I'm too important for that job. Somebody else should do it. Or maybe they thought, I've done enough foot washing in my life, somebody else's turn now. Or, foot washing isn't necessary anyways, and if I do, I'll get my clothes dirty. Perhaps some of the disciples, maybe they didn't even see the bowl and the towel because they were having such an argument about who's the greatest. They didn't even see this opportunity to serve. What about us? What about us? Well, we are not to think, I'm too important for that job. Somebody else should do it. And we are not to think, That's not my job. That's somebody else's. They can do it. And we are not to think, I've done enough of that in my day. It's somebody else's turn. And we are not to be those who help but complain the whole time either. We are to serve one another in love, seeking the good of the others. That's greatness in the kingdom, Jesus teaches in Luke 22, a parallel passage. That's greatness in the kingdom. Those who are great in Christ's kingdom are those who serve, lowering themselves to serve in any way they can. Now, what are ways that we are to wash one another's feet? What are ways we are to do this? There's three things I have here. Scriptural ways we are to serve. First, wash one another's feet by listening to and speaking to one another. That's a way to wash feet. You listen. You listen to one who's facing difficulties in this life. You're there for them, to hear them. And you speak to them. You speak to them encouraging words, building one another up. That's washing their feet. Do that at church. Do that by inviting people into your homes, visiting with them. Now that's, that can be hard sometimes. There's no doubt about that. Someone might hear that even tonight and think, I'm not really good at that kind of thing. And maybe young people and even adults might think, well, that person that's having these difficulties, they're a little bit different. They're, maybe they even think they're kind of strange. 
And as soon as you think that, you're already elevating yourself above them. You're not lowering yourself to wash feet. Or maybe think about times where that particular person hurt us or they didn't help us in the past when we needed help. It can be hard to wash feet. Jesus says, do as I have done to you. Wash feet. Second way to wash feet is help each other. Look for ways to help. Maybe that means bringing a meal to someone who's in need. There are many other ways. See someone that needs help in the church, you help them. Young people and kids, you can be involved in this too, and we, you ought to be involved in this helping of each other, washing feet in that way. Maybe at school you see that someone else doesn't have somebody to play with on the playground. Washing feet means you go to them and say, come play with us. Or young people, you see that someone doesn't have anywhere to go on Friday night or Saturday night and you're having friends over. And you know they'd like to come. Washing feet means you say, come on over. Now that's hard. That's hard for adults when they see opportunities to help others. We can so easily think of all the things that we have to do and then not help. Sometimes there are legitimate reasons not to help. We really are too busy, but we have to examine ourselves in that. Is the reason we're not able to help because we have made ourselves too busy? We're flying here, there, and everywhere for sports or for other things, so we never have time to serve others in the church. Kids, it's hard for you too. When you see somebody else who's maybe not, doesn't have anybody to play with or hang around with and you think to yourself well it's a lot easier when we just have the same group here it's a lot easier just to continue on with your own group than to invite that person it's hard jesus says here in the text verse 15 do as i have done to you wash feet Third, third way to wash feet is help those who are struggling with sin. There's really not a better way to help someone. You know about the sin of another, maybe through an announcement at church, maybe because they have left church for this for the time being, or maybe you just know in general about this sin of this person. And the temptation or the tendency is to say nothing to that person. Or to talk about that person with others. But washing their feet, that's not what washing feet means. Washing feet means that you pray for them and you seek to help them. It means that you go to them and speak of how you're a sinner too and you go to the cross with them. Pray for forgiveness with them. Or maybe someone even hurts because of a sin they've committed before. They've repented of that, but that sin still comes up in their minds often, and it hurts. You help them in any way you can. And we might think, well, that person's committed a pretty terrible sin. Already you're starting to elevate yourself. Not seeing our own sins. 
Jesus says to us, do as I have done to you. Jesus lowered himself to serve us horrible sinners. He knew our horrible sins when he went to the cross, but he lowered himself for us. Now, lower yourself to serve others, even those who have sinned terribly, and we all have. Help and love. Jesus' washing of his disciples' feet is an example that we are to follow in thankfulness. Thankfulness. Do you know, Jesus says in this text, do you know my humble service to you? That's verse 12. We read, So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you. The disciples knew what Jesus had done in washing their feet. They did not understand fully the spiritual washing. In verse 7, Jesus said to Peter, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. And that word knowest in verse 7, it first means understand. So Jesus says, What I do thou understandest not now, but thou shalt know, and there's a different word, know there. That means know personally and experientially. He's saying, you will know my washing personally and experientially in the future when the Spirit's poured out. So at this point, they did not really understand what he would do on the cross and washing them from their sins. But they did know about his washing of their feet. They did know about his work of service towards them throughout his earthly ministry. They did know something about the spiritual salvation he had come to give his people. And they would know in the future, after Pentecost, Jesus' cleansing work at the cross. They would know that personally. They would know it experientially. They'd know it. They'd know he'd done it for them. Do we know that? Jesus' cleansing work. Do we know what he has done to wash his people and know that personally? We do. We do know his cleansing work at the cross. We do know that he has earned for us all the blessings of salvation, regeneration, and sanctification. And we know that he has cleansed us who are so unworthy of that. Knowing Jesus' humble service of us, we are to serve one another in thankfulness. That's the point of verses 12 through 16. Jesus asks us tonight, Know ye what I have done to you. Then verses 13 through 16, Ye also ought to wash one another's feet. Jesus is our Lord and Master who is way above us and He stooped low to wash us. Well, we are then to serve one another in gratitude for Him. When we refuse to wash the feet of others, what we are really saying is we are greater than the Lord. And we are showing no thankfulness to Him. Verse 16, Jesus makes that point. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. Neither he that is sent greater than he that 
sent him. So those who do not lower themselves to serve one another, they're really saying, I'm greater than the Lord. He stooped low to serve his people, but I'm not going to stoop low to serve them. When one does that, he's not showing any thankfulness for what Christ has done. So examine yourselves tonight. Examine yourselves throughout this week in preparation for the Lord's Supper. Ask, am I failing to serve others in thankfulness? Am I drawing back when I see an opportunity to serve someone else? Am I making excuses, always thinking, well, someone else can do it? Or even, am I helping others, but am I, I'm complaining in my, am I complaining in my mind the whole time, or even with my mouth? Ask that God would reveal to you, and I need to ask the same thing, we ask that God would reveal to us our failures in this. And ask for forgiveness and the blood of Jesus and strength to go forward, lowering ourselves to serve others. In gratitude for Christ. Now we follow Jesus' example in thankfulness. We follow this example only by the power of Christ's Spirit. We certainly do not do this on our own as those who each have a sinful nature. Of ourselves, we do not know Christ. We do not know His cleansing, saving work. The disciples didn't of themselves. Verse 7 even says, what I do, Jesus says, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. So they did not understand the spiritual cleansing work of Christ in their own strength. And we do not know Christ's cleansing, saving work of ourselves either. We might know a little bit about this Christ or Jesus that died long ago. But we would not believe in him for our salvation. And we would not know personally that he died for me and cleansed me. We wouldn't care about Christ if left to self. We would think all this stuff about cleansing is ridiculous. Not knowing Christ's cleansing work, then we would also not serve one another in thankfulness for Christ. We would, con- we would walk in, in selfishness and in pride, and if we did ever help somebody else, It would only be to magnify ourselves, to stand out among people and have them speak well of us. It wouldn't be done in thankfulness for Christ to the glory of God. So we follow this way of of washing feet in thankfulness for Christ only by the Spirit's power. When Jesus says in verse 7 that the disciples shall know hereafter, he's pointing to Pentecost when his spirit would be poured out upon those disciples. They already had the spirit, but Jesus was going to ascend soon and he would pour out his spirit upon them. And they would have even 
greater knowledge and even they would have greater strength to serve the Lord daily. By the Lord's Spirit, these disciples would, they would know Jesus' cleansing work and they would live in thankfulness. You see, they, they, would, they would know their sin. They'd see it. See their pride. See their selfishness. They would look to Jesus for all their salvation. They would know His cleansing work personally. And they would go forward seeking to wash feet in gratitude. And that's exactly what happened by the power of the Holy Spirit. Think of these disciples after Pentecost. They knew that cleansing work of Jesus personally, experientially. And they went out and they gave their lives to the service of others. They went out and preached and were persecuted and beaten and thrown in terrible prisons. All seeking to bring the gospel to others and serve in that way. They washed feet by the power of the Spirit. And we do too by the Holy Spirit's power alone. He brings us, the Holy Spirit works in us also to see those sins. See those sins this week and to look to Jesus Christ for our salvation. Know his cleansing work. To go forward living in gratitude. Spirit works in us in that way. Thanks be to God for that. And there is joy. Jesus taught there is joy in this way of washing the feet of others. Verse 17, if ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. Joyful are ye if ye do them. Verse 17. There is no joy for those who do not know Christ's cleansing work and do not humbly serve others in thankfulness. Judas had no true joy, for instance. Judas did not believe in Jesus He did not know Christ's cleansing work. And he did not wash the feet of others in gratitude. Judas was the one who was in charge of the bag. He was in charge of the money that people would give for the poor to the disciples in Jesus. And he would often take that money, we read in the Gospel accounts, he'd take that money and use it for himself. Judas had no joy in that way. He was miserable, and you see that misery even in him going on to kill himself. And there's no true joy today for those who do not know Jesus' cleansing work and humbly serve others in thankfulness. The proud today and and the selfish, they might have a lot. That's certainly true. Yet they're they're never satisfied, and, and they don't have peace, and they're afraid of death. And when they do die, they go to hell. Those who know Jesus' cleansing work, though, and wash the feet of others in gratitude, they have joy, as verse 17 shows. They have true happiness. How does that happen? Well, the Holy Spirit, He works in us to believe in Jesus and know that cleansing work. The Holy Spirit works in us to respond in thanksgiving to it by lowering ourselves to help others. And in that way, there's joy. As we're thinking upon Christ, lowering himself for us, serving others, we are experiencing true joy. What a Savior we have then. 
Son of God come in the flesh, lowering himself to die for us, working in us by his spirit now to know him, to serve others in gratitude, walk in that way of joy. What a savior he is. Magnify his name this week and wash feet. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father which art in heaven, we stand amazed at who thou art to us. We thank thee for Christ who came here to cleanse us. May we respond by lowering ourselves to wash the feet of others, and serve others in gratitude for what Christ has done. Strengthen us. In Jesus' name, amen.